the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life that you were created for and then find it to the full. That's what Jesus said in John 10.10. And today we continue in this series called Jesus Has Left the Building and Rediscovering the Biblical Jesus as today we cross the Sea of Galilee in a message called Jesus on the Other Side. A very timely message for the people in Church of San Antonio. Keep it right here. This is Real Life Radio. If you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 4, and then we're going to skip right into Mark 5. Because last week we were in Mark 4. You guys, if you were here, we talked about Jesus in the boat. I had did team teaching with my dear friend, uh, the blue preacher, uh, Jason Jr. That was fun. I didn't think he was that good. I mean, he was all right. I will tell you, though, that Twinkie sermon was pretty awesome if you were here, and if you, you missed it, you need to go online and, and check it out. Uh, but we talked about Jesus in the boat and how Jesus calmed the entire, the entire Sea of Galilee in the midst of a storm and how the disciples were absolutely freaked out. And what we're going to see today, because we're just going to continue on from there, we're going to see that not only can Jesus calm storms around us, Jesus can calm storms within us. And that's why I think these two stories go together, and that's why we're just kind of continuing on with where we were. Mark 4.35, we read it last week, I just want to touch on it again. That day when evening came, he, Jesus, said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Now that seems harmless enough, to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. What's the big deal? Well, it's harmless enough until you learn where the other side is and what's waiting for them there. I want to suggest the reason the disciples were so afraid in that boat or so jumpy may not have been only about what they were going through, but where they were going to. I mean, I'll let the scripture speak for it. Beginning in Mark 5, chapter, uh, Mark 5, verse 1. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasians. Now, Gerasa was a town about 30 miles from the shore but that's why it's called a region. And it was part of what's called the Decapolis, 10 Greek cities on the eastern side of the Sea of Galilee. It was basically a place that had all kinds of Gentile influence, which to devout Jews who worked very hard in the midst of the Roman Empire to keep their faith and their culture by being separate, that was a very scary place. It was a place that good religious Jewish boys didn't want to go. And yet here Jesus takes them over to the other side. When they get there, it goes from bad to worse. When Jesus got out of the boat, you notice it says just Jesus. So you see these disciples huddled in the boat. You go, Jesus. Call us if you need help. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. So it's like a graveyard. Thank you for that, Jesus. If you know anything about the Old Testament law, a dead body was 
was unclean. If someone had to touch a dead body, they were considered unclean and had to go through ceremonial cleansing, a significant kind of process to be able to be made clean again. So they're over on the eastern side of the Sea of Galilee in Gentile land. To their mind, they're thinking, and in reality, a godless place. And they get there, and it's a graveyard, and we are told a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. The man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he'd often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. I want to stay right up front. Jesus is not here by accident. Jesus is not here by accident. He had heard this man's cry and his anguish. And Jesus went into this God-forsaken, undesirable place to save this man. This, if, I think this is one of the great stories in the New Testament where we see the heart of Jesus on display. Guys, let's go to the other side. Let's go to the other side. But Jesus, on this side is where kind of the good people are. On this side, it's safe. On this pay- side, there's people like us, Jesus. Yeah, guys, I know, but let's, let's go to the other side. Because didn't Jesus manifest that when he left the comfort, the authority, the privilege of heaven, the right hand of the Father, to come down and walk among us who would not only not receive him, we would ultimately torture, abuse, and crucify him. He left heaven to come to us you remember when Jesus called Matthew? I mean, we read, we read through the Gospel of Matthew. Remember when he called Matthew to be his disciple, and then that night Matthew has a big party, and all Matthew's friends, all of his tax collector friends are there, and they're a bunch of sinners. And the religious people are looking at Jesus like, what, are you crazy? What, what, how, you're not supposed to eat with them. You're a good religious Jew. You can't eat with these people. And Jesus, what did he say? Remember what he said? He said, um, it's not the people who are well who need a doctor, but it's the sick. And that's why he came. Remember the story Jesus told about if you had 100 sheep and you had one missing, wouldn't you leave the 99 in the safety of the pen? And wouldn't you go find that one? Who who in their right mind wouldn't do that? And he's describing his very heart for people on the other side, people who are lost. What's fascinating is this man who we meet in this story, who you have to know, everybody looked at him as absolutely insane, out of his mind, a very sick person. And they had responded to his need a little differently. They'd chained him up, cast him out, heaped abuse on him. He was alone, tormented. So much so that he cried out and cut himself with the stones to try to ease his insane, tortured mind. Now, the disciples get there, and you know, again, Jesus gets out of the boat. They're still huddled in the boat. You have to understand... They are now brought here, and they're being asked to walk among the godless Gentiles and tombs. Okay? The only thing that could make this worse is if you had a big herd of pigs. You throw a big herd of pigs in there, and this is now like Jewish kryptonite. (laughs) If you've been doing the reading with us, you know that's exactly what the Lord does. Just kind of show these boys, it's really bad over here. I got Gentiles, tombs, and pigs. Oh, my. If you're taking notes, I, I, want you to, I want you to make an observation. I want you to write this down. This is kind of the main point of the message. If you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to have to go to the other side. Every time. If you're going to follow Jesus, and think about what that, word, what that phrase means, follow Jesus. 
If you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to have to go to the other side because that's where he always ends up going. What is the other side? Well, just like for them, for us, it's people far from God. People of different beliefs, backgrounds, behaviors. They might be sick. They might be needy. They might be in some ways grotesque to your finer sensibilities. But Jesus hears their cry. And he calls us. If you're going to follow me, you've got to go to the other side. To the outcasts, the broken, the hurting. See, Jesus has always called his followers to live among and care for the lost, just like he does. He challenged me with something recently, and I want to be careful here because I really, it's a complex issue, and I know everybody has different assignments. But the whole anti-discrimination ordinance that we talked about a little bit that our city just went through, there was a group of pastors in the city who, I know some of these folks, I'm in, in relationship with them, and they were, get, they were going to meet with city council and to be down at city council meetings, and they asked me, along with others, to go down and be there at the city council meeting to show support because the opposition was going to be there, and they wanted me to go there and wear, a, wear blue to identify myself as on the right side instead of the other side, and I prayed about it. And honestly, I said, Lord, I just want to do what you do. And, and I swear to you, and this, I do not say this as a critique or a criticism to anybody. Please hear me on this. Lord, I just want to do what you would do. And I really felt like the Lord saying to me, do you think I would be down at City Hall with a blue coat on? Can you picture me doing that? And I'm not saying that those who did are bad. Please do not hear me on that, because I think some people have different assignments to influence policy and to do those kind of things. I just know in my prayer time, what Jesus said to me is, if I were here walking physically in San Antonio, which, by the way, through you and the other Christians is our, I'm supposed to be, if I were walking physically here, where would I be? Would I be down at City Hall wearing blue? Or would I be out walking among lost, sinful people, including the homosexual community, communicating that Father has something better and he, he loves us and that there is life in him and restoration in him if you'll turn to Father? What would I be doing, said Jesus? And I didn't have to, I, I knew instantly what he was saying to me. And obviously that has started a conversation with some others about, okay, how could we, in the current political and cl church climate and all this stuff, how could we have a, a, a vibrant ministry to the homosexual community that shows the love of Jesus? How do we do that in this day and age with all the religious baggage and all the other stuff? How do we speak the truth in love to every community like Jesus did? How do we do that? And that's just the beginning of a conversation, and I ask your prayers as we figure that out, because that's what we're called to do. See, that's, that's very real, because I would say to a lot of us, that might be a group that at least considers themselves on the other side from us. Here's a stand again, don't, you know, I might offend you with this, but we've been there before, and you keep coming back. Thank you. I appreciate that, by the way. If you're never called, now hear me, this is... If you're never called to reach out and engage lost people, people on the other side, I want to suggest you're probably not actually following Jesus. And I don't, I don't mean that to be harsh, but if you personally go, well, I know we as the body of Christ are, and some people are, but my assignment is different. If you're never called to go cross over to the other side and engage lost people, hurting people, people who need Jesus, if you say, yeah, I never feel called to that, I want to challenge you that maybe you're not actually following Jesus. 
because he always goes to the other side. Always. And I think that's where he calls us to. We want to take a quick minute and remind you you're listening to Real Life Radio, a service of River City Community Church right here in San Antonio, Texas, in this series called Jesus Has Left the Building and Rediscovering the Biblical Jesus. In fact, you can find this whole series on the sermons link at reallife.org. Plus, at the site, see all the great small groups that are available to get connected with. Plus, ways River City Community Church is giving back and serving the community, doing things that you can do with your whole family and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Again, that's at reallife.org. River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe that we were made to have a life full of meaning and passion that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. Now, for us, real life has a bit of a double meaning in that this faith of ours is also a relevant thing to the real world. It works in real life. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts your home, work, and social world. That's why River City has a relaxed, casual feel where we enjoy practical teaching, inspirational music, and age-appropriate discovery for the whole family. We want to help every single person find the life they were created for. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road, across from Atama Park. Sunday service times are 9 and 11. Our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out everything you need to know, stop by our website at reallife.org. We look forward to meeting you on the road to real life. Welcome back as we return to this message of Jesus on the other side. This is Real Life Radio. Listen to what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 5, 9 through 11. He says, I've written you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. We go, okay, yeah, we get that. But then he goes on, verse 10. Not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral, or the greedy, the swindlers, the idolaters. In that case, you'd have to leave this world. Paul's getting sarcastic. He's like, come on, you would have to leave the world if you weren't going to associate with people who are broken, sinful, and lost. He says, now I'm writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who calls himself a brother but is sexually immoral or greedy, an idolater or a slanderer, a drunkard or a swindler. With such a man, do not even eat. You see, what he's concerned about and what the Spirit of God is concerned about is self-deception and hypocrisy. He's saying, don't feed that for the sake of that brother, for the sake of the church and the unity of the church. Don't feed that self-delusion and the hypocrisy. But he's not saying don't associate. He says, no, you have to associate with lost people because someone once associated with you when you were lost. You see, Jesus had heard the cry of those on the other side and commands us to go. That's one of the things that you saw the news spot on Hands and Feet Saturday. Hands and Feet Saturday is just our way of saying, okay, we want to together mobilize and reach out to some different places in our community, different people in need, and just love on our community. But it, that's, that's just like one little piece. That's... The third Saturday, the first big kind of congregational one we're doing is October 19th. I hope you will participate. We've got all different kinds of opportunities, thanks to Frank Morris and the team who are working hard to make sure we'll all have stuff to do. That's just a launching point. It's not like, okay, I did, I did hands and feet Saturday, so now I'm done. No, I hope you'll kind of get the bug. You'll realize, you know, we can go all different places in our city, but I don't have to go very far like my neighborhood. On my street, there's people who are, quote, on the other side who are far from God and who need to know his love and his grace, just like I did. People at my work, I don't have to quit my job and go somewhere else. No, I, I got people on the other side, right, at work. So I can just show the love of Jesus and speak the truth in love and minister and care for people. I don't have to go anywhere else. I'm regularly engaging. Where I shop, 
where I get my car fixed. There's people on the other side. I'm hoping that this will open our eyes and kind of spark something, you know, prime the pump of being the hands and feet of Jesus every single day. So I'm really excited about it. It's going to be fun. Okay, now back to this story we're reading. Okay, so here the guy comes out, and we, we, we learn about his, a little of his story, verse 6 of Mark chapter 5. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran, and he fell on his knees in front of him. Oh, good, he's saved. Actually, verse 7 said, he shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? Swear to God that you won't torture me, for Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you evil spirit. Now, I want you to listen who's actually having a conversation here. Very important. Then Jesus asked him, what's your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send him out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on a nearby hill. There it is. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. He gave them permission. The evil spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. What's fascinating about this, and I really want you to catch this, the evil spirit had spoken to Jesus, and Jesus had spoken to the evil spirit. Not one word from the actual guy yet. We have not heard from him yet. You need to know that. Jesus is talking to this spirit in this man who's torturing him and tormenting him. And that spirit is talking about, what's your name? Legion, because there's lots of us. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Something you learn on the other side. Number one, our enemy is not the people on the other side. Our enemy is not the people on the other side. You've got to get this. Listen to what 1 Peter 5, 8 says. And I'm going to challenge you this morning. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. We have an enemy of our souls and he is out to destroy us and the people around us and you have to decide what you believe about that. Really. Because I know there's some who are sitting there right now, oh, please, Pastor Sean, seriously, this is so unsophisticated. You're not suggesting. (laughs) You know how those kind speak down their nose at guys like me, you know. You're not suggesting really that there's some spiritual kind of being, that this, the devil or Satan is actually a real spiritual entity, are you? Please. We understand there's mental illness. We understand there's evil in the world and people, but you're not saying there's really this devil or this Satan, are you? I'm not the Bible is, and it does not stutter. It is crystal clear. And let me just tell you about this enemy of ours. He would love nothing more than us to write him off as some sort of mythological kind of apparition for us to to just call him a superstition and to ignore him. He would love nothing more than that. For us to say, no, 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 it's all just us. We're the only thing that's really here. Uh, The problem is the scripture says the exact opposite. And I want to challenge you. I know it's not very sophisticated to suggest that there is, along with God's Spirit, the creator of all things, there are fallen angels, demonic entities, led by one who rebelled against God and tried to raise himself up to be equal with God. 
and that their sole intent, like the scripture says, is to destroy people. I know that's not very sophisticated. I just want to suggest to you, as you look around our culture and you see people who they have exactly the same vision in front of them as you do. They see in living color reality and they come to totally bizarre conclusions and you're like, what is going on with people? Why are people so backwards? Why is up, down in our society? Why is, you know, left, right? Everything that we know to be true is turned upside down his head. What is going on? I want to suggest to you the scripture describes a system, a spiritual system that is behind what is going on. And the scripture is very clear. Our enemy is not the people on the other side. Our enemy is the enemy. In his book, Surprised by Joy, C.S. Lewis describes his own life before conversion. He describes it as a zoo of lust, a bedlam of ambitions, a nursery of fears, a harem of fondled hatreds. My name was Legion. He understood that it wasn't just what was in him, but that there was another power at work. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 6 writes about it very plainly. Listen to what he says. He says, finally be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's verse 10, reading on. Put on the full armor of God so that you may take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. A system, a spiritual system behind what we see he says therefore put on the full armor of god so that when the day of evil comes you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist he uses this metaphor of an armor and these elements representing pieces of this armor or this pieces of armor representing these elements of god's provision for spiritual warfare the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And and then we stop there sometimes and think, well, that's all the armor of God. No, it's not. There's one more weapon, and it is also an offensive weapon. Verse 18, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Bottom line, that's why prayer is so powerful. That's the power of the word of God. If you know someone, maybe you know someone you love and care about who you just go, man, their mind is so twisted around and they're seeing bad fruit from this, but something is wrong. You may not be able to physically get them to turn the other way, but you can pray. You can pray. And prayer is powerful. Like I said earlier, 24-7 access to the creator of all things. Prayer is powerful, the great gift of our Father. That's why the Scripture talks so much about prayer and the power of prayer. But we've got to keep in mind that these people on the other side are not our enemy. I've shared with you a story before, a little story I used to illustrate this point. story of a king of a small kingdom and a beautiful daughter who he loved more than anything else and she was taken and held hostage by a fire-breathing dragon and the king put out a word all throughout the kingdom anyone who can deliver my daughter any knight who's brave enough anyone who can right this wrong give you half the kingdom 
And so young man after young man tried. Many lost their lives. Knights went, returned. Most didn't. And still, the damsel in distress. Who will go and do something about this damsel in distress? Finally, one shrewd young man comes and he says, I will, king. And he goes and he sees the dragon and he sees the damsel and he pulls his sword and he rushes into battle and he stabs the damsel. No more damsel in distress. (laughs) Don't kill the damsel. The sword of the spirit was not meant to run through people. And we use it in that way rather than understanding the enemy is the dragon. That's the enemy. But we go and we make people on the other side and they're not, they're not, they're not. Let's stop attacking people on the other side. And folks, the politics thing, we got to get, get our heads around this and I'm just saying, okay, um, we got to stop being divided by politics. We've got to stop. I don't care what your politics, I don't care if you're left, I don't care if you're right. Stop letting your politics define your faith. Thank you, Pastor Sean. You've been listening to Real Life Radio. As next week, we'll continue this series called Jesus Has Left the Building and Rediscovering the Biblical Jesus as it's available right now as a free download when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. We invite you to do more than just hear, but see and do when you join us at River City Community Church located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park. You can see all the details, directions, and service times also at reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262 as Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe that we were made to have a life full of meaning and passion that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. Now, for us, real life has a bit of a double meaning in that this faith of ours is also a relevant thing to the real world. It works in real life. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts your home, work, and social world. That's why River City has a relaxed, casual feel where we enjoy practical teaching, inspirational music, and age-appropriate discovery for the whole family. We want to help every single person find the life they were created for. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road, across from Matama Park. Sunday service times are 9 and 11. Our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out everything you need to know, stop by our website at reallife.org. We look forward to meeting you on the road to real life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.